It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome back to the NBA Hoops at Lunch show here on the Outkick Bets podcast feed. I am the host, Jeff Clark, and I am a lot more chipper than I should be. Started this week off uh, with a losing day, uh, recording Tuesday, obviously, January 24th. Monday, I went 1-2, and two, and I'm very frustrated about that. <laughs> very, very frustrated about that. Uh, I have three best bets here in the Tuesday set, uh, Tuesday NBA slate. There's seven games here on the card. It's a pretty good card, um, all things considered. You know, there's several injuries that kind of muted or minimized the card, but there is an NBA doubleheader, uh, NBA on TNT doubleheader primetime event, Boston at Miami, which is an awesome game. Unfortunately, I don't have any action in that one. I do have action in the second one, the the Battle of Los Angeles with the Clippers meeting the Lakers in their shared building of the Crypto.com arena. Um, and the other two best bets that I have, I'm, I'm going back to the well with the Bills, and I'm also um, looking at a total in the Wizards-Mavericks game. Uh, but before that, let's talk about the 1-2 and two Monday um, the first game that I bet, I went with the Celtics minus eight at the Orlando Magic. Orlando was two and one straight up, three and zero oh against the spread versus Boston, and they moved to three and one and four and zero oh against the spread after Orlando handled Boston pretty convincingly, beat them one thirteen to ninety eight. If you faded me or or just bet Orlando, it was a rocking chair cover for you. There were times where the Celtics looked like they were going to run away at the game or take it over and run away. But then Orlando responded with their own rally um, every time Boston had a rally of its own. So Orlando was definitely on the right side. Uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum played pretty well, but they were missing several role players. I ignored that and pushed forward anyways, and Orlando handed it to them. So... Uh, bad pick by them, or bad pick by me. Just an epic misread on that game, and it was the last game to make my card. I, I really should have only went with the next two picks, which I split, but whatever. Um, that's gambling. That's that's NBA regular season gambling, um, and you know there are some issues with that, which we'll talk about here in a second. But first, we'll talk about the one winner that I had, which was the Bulls minus one ten on the money line. They hosted the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Chicago won one eleven to one hundred. Demar Derozan balled out. He had a game high twenty six points, and the Bulls were clearly the right side here. They outshout the Hawks from everywhere on the floor, from the field, from behind the arc, from the free throw line. They out-rebounded them. The Bulls had more paint points. They had more fast break points. They had fewer turnovers. 
Um, and that game was actually tied in during the third quarter before, you know, Chicago pulled away and had a plus 11 point margin in the fourth quarter. Um, but when you, when you really dig into the box score, the bulls were, were the better side. Um, but it was a little murky there in the second half. Um, so I can't call it a rocking chair cover. Cause again, it was tied going into the third quarter, but again, the bulls, the bulls were the, the right side there. Uh, then the next game, I took the Grizzlies, minus 115 on the money line. They visited the Sacramento Kings. Memphis is a two seed. Uh, Sacramento is a thir- three seed. But apparently Memphis decided to rest its players um, or a couple of their players. It was on a second of a back-to-back. They played Phoenix the night before Sunday. Um, but, the, but the Grizzlies rested Steven Adams and John Morant, which – I'm not that mad about what I, what I am mad about is the fact of how late they reported this. Um, I update the injury report for the NBA. They, they actually release an injury report every half an hour. I update it every half an hour. I look every half an hour to make sure that I'm not giving you guys stale analysis or, um, or, or factoring matchups that aren't going to happen with, with, with the injury report. John Morant and Steven Adams weren't on the injury report until I locked in this bet, hit publish on the podcast, and hit publish on my written handicap. So this this is this is again, this is kind of the pitfalls or this is kind of what comes with the the territory when you're betting the NBA regular season. It pisses me off. It it makes me look like I don't even watch these effing games. I had John Morant as the cover photo of my written article. So I clearly anticipated him playing, um, and I thought that Memphis would be up for this matchup. I mean, it's you know they're playing Sacramento. The Memphis hasn't proven anything. Like, yeah, they're much better than Sacramento, or they they were expected to be much better coming into the season. But I mean, how f- much different is Memphis and than Sacramento? I mean, they haven't won shit. They walk around like like their shit doesn't stink. Like like they're a contender when really they're still an unproven young team. So the 33 point margin looked real bad. It, it is real bad. Sacramento pulled away in the fourth quarter with a 33 to 10 fourth quarter. They hit an NBA record 12 first quarter, three pointers. The, um, they shot 92% from the three from behind the arc in the first quarter. Harrison Barnes, I think hit five first quarter threes. So even though it looked bad, I, I don't, I don't know. It's I, if Steven Adams play and John Moran play, I, I, I think that's a different game. And I think Memphis who took the lead and rallied back from a couple double digit deficits would have, would have ended up beating the, the Kings, but they're really on my shit list. I, I am most likely going to fade them Wednesday against the Golden State Warriors, but I'm done complaining. Let's move along to the Tuesday slate. Um, first game that I'm looking at, Bulls-Pacers. That is a 7 o'clock Eastern Standard tip-off. Um, the Bulls beat the, the the Atlanta Hawks, a game that we were on last night, um, and they smacked Indiana 124-109 earlier this season when when both teams were at full strength. Uh, The Bulls outscored the the Pacers in three of the four quarters, outperformed them in three of the four factors. Um, But in that matchup, the Pacers had point guard and leading scorer Tyrese Halliburton. This meeting, he's injured. So Halliburton actually has a plus seven 
um, on off net rating according to cleaningtheglass.com, which is in like the top 80th percentile of point guards in the NBA. So he's really important to what the Pacers do. And, and again, he is, I, I think, convincingly their best player. Um, Indiana is really slumping without him. They've lost seven straight. They've lost six of those against the spread. He's missed six of those seven games. Um, over that span, the Pacers have the worst uh, non-garbage time net rating in the NBA. They have the worst ATS differential in the NBA. So um, I'm thinking the Bulls, even though they're on the second of a back-to-back, are going to be able to come through and, and, and beat the Pacers. Um, obviously, it's buyer beware. Um, I'm telling you right now, the Bulls are on the second of a back-to-back. So if they rested players, it wouldn't be that shocking, especially considering what we've seen in the NBA this year. That being said, since the beginning of last season, when the Bulls signed DeMar DeRozan, they are 7-3 and three straight up and 7-2-1 and one on the road in the second of a back-to-back. They're 3-0 and oh against the spread this season on the second of a back-to-back. DeMar DeRozan has played in all eight of Chicago's games on the second of a back-to-back, and Zach Levine has played in seven straight of those games. So I did my homework on this. DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine should be in the lineup. Let me refresh the goddamn NBA injury report just to make sure there is no fuckery here. Um, Okay, neither DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine are on the injury report. Tyrese Halliburton has already been ruled out according to the NBA. So I think I'm handicapping from a place of knowledge here. I'm going with the Bulls. Right now the money line is minus 130. I got it. I got it last night at minus one ten. I played up to minus one thirty five before laying up to three points at the Bulls. Their spreads minus two. I'm locking in a Bulls bet at minus one thirty here. Um, that I'm putting my um, NBA hoops at lunch podcast betting record on the line uh, for or with for or with nah, whatever you get what I'm saying. So Bulls money line in the first game over the um, Indiana Pacers. Second game that I'm looking at here. I'm going to scroll down my sheet a little bit. I'm going with the Wizards at the Mavericks. Um, I'm looking at a total in that game. I'm going under 225 and a half in the um, in the Wizards-Mavericks game. The first, the first time they met earlier this season, uh, the Wizards actually won. It was in Washington. They beat them 113 to 105. Um, that, that total... That was actually one of the lowest, if not the lowest, total in the NBA this season. It was a 290-point total. So it's soared over the total. But this one has climbed by 16.5 points. I would say mostly based on, well, partially based on the first Wizards-Mavericks meeting going over the total. Then the other reasons for this juiced-up total is, you know, Dallas is 15-7 and seven, um, to the over at home. Washington is 9-2 and two to the over when playing on two or three days rest. I think they last played three days ago. Let me let me pull that up right now, actually. Yeah, they last played uh, Orlando. Scored 138 at home against Orlando. On, um, looks like that was Saturday. So, nice little layoff. Washington's offense usually plays well, well-rested. But we're going to fade all that because the referee assignments here in this game heavily favor a wager under. Um, and especially in Luka Doncic games, but in the NBA, 
just generally speaking. I like to look at the officiating matchups um, before betting a total in these games. And if they're skewed one way or the other, that definitely pushes me or leans me to one side. Well, the assigned officiating crew to this game has a combined 33 and 55 record to the under, which is 62.5% to the under. Crew chief Courtney, Courtney Kirkland is 12 and 23 to the under. All three of the referees have officiated more unders <clears throat> this season. Excuse me. Uh, Dallas is prolific at getting to the charity straight, mostly because of Luka Doncic. Spencer Dinwiddie has a little bit to do with that. Um, but but Washington does a good job of keeping opponents off the free throw line. They're ninth in defensive free throw attempt rate allowed. Uh, the Mavericks play at the second slowest pace in the NBA. Neither one of them are good offensive rebounding teams, so I'm not expecting a lot of putbacks or second-chance points to be scored in this game. Also, the NBA is is kind of live or die by the three, not kind of, definitely. But both do a really good job of closing out on three-point shooters. The Wizards have the second lowest wide-open three-point attempt rate allowed. And the Mavericks are 24th in wide-open three-point attempt rate allowed. So they do a good job of closing out of three-point shooters. Um, Wide-open threes are are defined by a three-point shooter having six feet of distance from them and the nearest defender. And Washington just... on the season as a whole, does a really good job of, of contesting shots. They're actually um, fourth in shot quality allowed on defense, according to cleaningoftheglass.com. So let's let's uh, fade the crazy line movement. Again, 16.5 points from the first Washington Wizards-Dallas Mavericks meeting to this one. I think that's too great of a, of a move. And uh, most of the money is still betting the over. So we still get to fade the public, fade um, obvious trends. You know, Dallas shooting well at home, but Wizards are going to close out on the three-pointer. So maybe we get an off-shooting night, and we usually get a slow-paced game for the Mavericks. So under 225.5 Wizards-Mavericks is my second best bet. And then my my third, excuse me, I'm going to the – um, battle of LA with the Clippers versus the the Lakers, um, and I'm taking the Clippers. I got them at minus four. I played up to minus five. Um, I have to play it at minus five, I guess. Right? That's when I'm recording this podcast, or that's the number from DraftKings as at the time of recording. But this is just something that I know. Um, I, I I moved. I'm a New York transplant. I moved here. Uh, to LA, excuse me, from New York in late 2011. I actually, my first job in LA was with the Los Angeles Clippers. I got hired by the Los Angeles Clippers. I shit you not, the same day they traded for Chris Paul. So since I've been in LA, the Clippers have pretty much they they've owned the Lakers. Not pretty much they've 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 owned the Lakers since 2012. The Clippers are 33 and 7 straight up against the Los Angeles Lakers. They're 27 and 13 against the spread. They have an average um, straight up margin of plus like 11 points per game. The Clippers absolutely dominate the Lakers. And Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers' leading, um, the Clippers' best player, obviously, um, owns and and loves to, to to piss in LeBron James's cornflakes. 
Um, Kawhi's teams are 10 and 5 straight up versus LeBron's all time in the regular season. He um, won finals MVP the year the Spurs, Kawhi's Spurs, beat the LeBron and Heat in the finals. He's 7 and 5 straight up against LeBron in the finals. He outscores him slightly, outshoots him from everywhere on the floor, and Kawhi is just really, really good against LeBron James. It it, it feels like it's a personal thing, right? Um, since the Clippers signed Kawhi Leonard, they are ten and two straight up and ten and two against the spread versus the Lakers. Um, that they Kawhi uh, went to L.A. So did Paul George in 2019. At the time of writing or at the time of this podcast, excuse me, neither Paul George or Kawhi Leonard are on their injury report. I refreshed it as of 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I got to get this out early, right? I need clicks, I need people to listen to this, I need positive reviews. Big thank you to all the people that have left reviews or do continue to follow me along on this podcast. So for content's sake, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can, but... No Kawhi and no Paul George on the injury report. So when Kawhi and, and Paul George are on the floor, when, when Kawhi's on the floor, the Clippers score 12.2 more points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time, according to cleanthinglass.com, and 11 points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time when Paul George is on the floor. Also, there's that old adage, public dogs get slaughtered. Two-thirds of the action are on the Lakers right now at DraftKings, according to VEASAN. Makes sense. Lakers are very popular. LeBron's very popular. Um, and and the Clippers have struggled this season. In fact, they their record is only 25 and 24, which is a joke considering what everyone talked how everyone talked about them preseason. Frankly, how I talked about them preseason. I have bets on them to win the finals. So do I feel great about that? No. But I'm very confident the Clippers are the much better team than the Lakers. Um, the Lakers don't have the backcourt to expose the Clippers' weak backcourt, which is definitely the thinnest part of the Clippers' roster. Uh, Terrence Mann is their starting point guard as of right now, and he's not a traditional point guard. They're missing their starting shooting guard, who's a great floor spacer. Um, just an excellent regular old-fashioned shooting guard and Luke Kennard. So despite that, the Lakers, they're starting... When are they starting their backcourt? Schroeder and Patrick Beverly. Um, they just acquired Rui Hachimura. Apparently, Rui Hachimura isn't going to play. That's a coach's decision. This is according to the NBA injury report. Who knows? Maybe that could change. I actually wouldn't even be surprised if it changed. But... I provide, I don't know, I don't think Rui Hachimura in his first game for the Lakers means anything to the line here. I, I, in fact, I'm betting that it doesn't mean anything to the line. Again, I got it earlier this morning at minus four, but I'm willing to play the Clippers up to minus five, which is what I'm going to give it out here on Tuesday's NBA Hoops at Lunch podcast, which brings us to the end here. So if you can, please leave me a nice review on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get this podcast. Sucks. Started out with a one and two Monday. So my three week winning streak is on the line. Um, after the first day of the week, not looking good, but I feel very, very confident I'm going to get it back. I'm feeling like we're going to get a go three and oh tonight. So best of luck. Buyer beware. Like I say in the, in all my write ups, 
buyer beware about the injury report. If I'm in your situation or from your your shoes, I wouldn't bet these games until the final injury report's released. I think I have an edge on this stuff. And aside from the injury report or late injury news, I'm going to win. However, I uh, I definitely think there's some wisdom or it's wise to wait until uh, closer to the tip-off when you know who's definitely going to play before locking in a wager. So maybe consider that instead of following me immediately after hearing this podcast. But if you listen, thank you so much, and I uh, will talk to you guys tomorrow. Later. Later.